Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. Okay, dads, let's go ahead and get started, guys. Now, some of you have already let me know how uncomfortable you were in last week's meeting. So tonight, we're going to try to respect each other's boundaries. What? Tonight, we've also got a guest with us, David. And would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah. Um, hey, guys. I'm David. David. How many kids do you have, David? None. At least not at the moment. Uh, my wife is pregnant, and uh, she should be delivering any day now. That's great. Super. Great. Who'd like to go first? Anyone. Anyone. I'll go. Perfect. Todd? Yes. My daughter and I went to the mall, and 
and she said she wanted to take the stairs to the second level. And I said, I don't trust stairs because they're always up to something. <laughs> Todd, I'm sorry that happened. I encourage you to try to resist the urge to make jokes like that. My turn? Okay. Can I go? Okay. Yesterday, actually, my daughter got home and she asked me how my day was. And I said, well, a guy tried to sell me a coffin, but that's the last thing I need. Oh, Jerry, Jerry that Jerry. joke is dead on arrival. Because it's the last thing I need. David, <laughs> how about you? Oh, I, I didn't I didn't say this. This is a safe zone. Just jump on in. Yeah, I, I'm, I guess I'm just scared of being a dad. I'm afraid I'm going to start telling bad jokes just like my dad. Well, it might be in our nature. We can fight against it. Hey, speaking of nature, I tried to catch some fog yesterday. I missed. <laughs> M-I-S-T. Oh, You're a monster. This is where the boundary is. I'm done. This is where you are. Hello? Really? Okay, yeah, no. Uh, yeah, I'll be right there. That was Julie. Her water just broke. I guess the baby finally ran out of womb. <laughs> I'm gonna be a dad. Don't you think you should be going? Oh, yeah. Praise the Lord, everyone. How many's glad to be in the house of the Lord today? Amen. Um, happy Father's Day to all the fathers. Um, the role of a father is to protect, to provide, and to lead. Fathers are leaders. The impact of a father doesn't come from the words that he speaks alone, but by the example that he sets. A great father doesn't just say the right thing, he does it. Proverbs 20 and 7 in the Amplified says, The righteous man who walks in his integrity and lives life in according to his godly beliefs, how blessed and happy and spiritually secure are his children after him who have his example to follow. Today, I have the privilege of uh, honoring one of the greatest fathers I know. Pastor, come over here. Give our pastor a hand. Pastor, in all the years I've known you, you've never wavered in your faith, you've stayed true, you've grown in wisdom, and you've, you've just been a solid example for all of us, all the young men, all the fathers, and your life is an example to look forward to and to live up to, and I, I love you and I thank you. And we have, uh, we had all your pastoral certificates and license framed for you, and we got a card for you. Why don't we give them a hand? You know, I, I'm so honored, really am, and uh, I, I couldn't be happier as your pastor, and um, thank you for loving me and 
Michael, thanks for making me cry. Yeah. And uh, so honored to be here. I mean, you, you are the most amazing people. The pastor, you, is one of the greatest privileges of my life. And uh, I just feel so, so blessed. God's been good to me. Hasn't he been good to you? Yes. Amen. God's good to us. I love you. Thank you so much. You can just remain standing. We're getting ready to enter our worship service. I just have a quick announcement. Well, first of all, I want to say happy Father's Day to all the fathers that are out here today. We celebrate you today. Happy Father's Day. I hope you enjoy your day. And for those of you that have a, a father, a grandfather, uncle, someone special in your life you want to celebrate, we're not having evening service. You spend time with your family this evening. Um, and I just want to remind you where our social distancing, I know that's so hard in such a friendly church, we like to hug and all that, but with all the COVID numbers rising, we just want to take every precaution to keep you safe while you're uh, here. And so we just ask while you're here, just to try to do your best to, uh, to social distance. It's really, it's hard, but we're going to get through it. Amen. I'm just so thankful we can come together and worship together as a body. And we're going to worship now. We're going to go into our praise and worship. It's offering time at the Anchor Church. Here at the Anchor Church, we know that giving is a part of our worship. It's a blessing to give. The offering buckets are just where they've been the last few weeks. Dear Jesus, I thank you for the people that have come today. I'm thankful, God, that we have this opportunity to come into your house and to worship you together. We ask, Lord, that you bless this service and bless all those that give in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, put your hands together this morning. This is the day, the day that the Lord has made. I will, I will rejoice and be glad in it. This is this the day, day that the Lord has made. I will, I will rejoice and be glad rejoice, in it. Rejoice, rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice, rejoice in the Lord. In the Lord. Come on, sing it again. This is the day, is the day that the Lord hath made. I will, I will rejoice and be glad in it. This, this is, is the day, day that the Lord hath made. I will, I will rejoice and Come on, let your voice and sing. Rejoice. rejoice in the Lord. I choose to rejoice. rejoice in the Lord. One time, this is the day. This is the day that the Lord.
heavens and lords, his word, his word King of kings and Lord of lords, bless his name, my God, is worthy, you lift those hands to the Lord and just love him for a moment we thank you today oh Lord we thank you for your presence today come on let's love him together we love you Jesus we thank you Jesus we thank you Jesus As for me and my house, as for me and my house, as for me and my house, we're gonna be free. As for me and my house, as for me and my house, as for me and my house, gonna be free. As for me, as for me. As for me and my house, you're gonna be free. As for me, as for me and my house, as for me and my house, as for me and my house, you're gonna be free. Come on, lift your hands and sing as for me. As for me and my house, as for me and my house, as for me. I declare freedom for my family, declare freedom for my home. I declare freedom for my daughters. I declare freedom for my sons. I declare what your word has spoken, no matter what I feel or what I see. I declare every chain is broken. We're going to be free. I declare freedom for my family. I declare freedom for, for my, my home. home. I declare freedom for my daughters. I declare freedom for my sons. I declare what your word has spoken. No matter what I feel or what I see, I declare every chain is broke. Gonna be free. Lift your voice and sing. I declare, I declare freedom for my Family. I, I declare, declare freedom for my home. I declare freedom for my daughter. I declare freedom for my son. I declare what your word has spoken. No matter what I feel or what I see, 
come on, just let the Lord right now. Oh. Oh. I declare freedom for my family. Declare freedom for my home. Declare freedom for my daughters. Declare freedom for my sons. Declare what your word has spoken No matter what I feel or what I see Declare every chain is broken We will be free I declare freedom for my Come on, today can be that day Today can be that day If you believe it, today can be that day I wish you'd lift your hands right now Let the Lord do what he wants to do today
I declare freedom for my daughters, freedom for my sons. Oh God, what your word has spoken over to me, I proclaim freedom and liberty. Lord, prosperity and blessing over them. Lord, in Jesus' name, I pray, Lord, freedom for this congregation, freedom for every believer in this room right now. The victory and healing, oh God. Lord, victory in the name of Jesus. Prayerfulness in the name of Jesus. and thank you for his presence. Praise God. Amen. We're so glad to have everybody here today. So thrilled that you made your way to the house of God. And happy Father's Day to all you dads in the building. Everyone can be seated except the dads here today. Let's give them a big hand. Aren't we so thankful for all the dads in the building? Amen, amen. The book of Matthew chapter 17. Now you can stand back up. You knew it was going to happen. It's Pentecostal church. Someone came to church one time and they said, Why do y'all even have seats? Matthew 17. I certainly give honor to everybody here today. It's a, it's a happy Father's Day, and it really is. I'm blessed, blessed here today. Appreciate my wife and my children, and uh, seeing them here worshiping God is probably the greatest reward. In, in, in one of the epistles, it says, there's no greater joy than to know that your children walk in truth. That's what it says. And uh, I feel so joyful. Good to see you. I, I look around, and... Sister Ashley and Brother Josh, welcome home. I'm so glad to see you. Hey, man, not too long ago they were married, I think. And uh, this isn't our first service back, but we're so glad she's back. Had you on my mind this week. And so glad to see them. And, uh, man, we got to start getting some people to get married that stay here in Zanesville. Can I get an agreement? I've done three weddings and they've left us. What are we doing wrong here? Oh, I'm, they know I'm teasing. We're, we're, I'm thankful they found somebody in, that loves Jesus Matthew 17 verse 1 and after six days Jesus taketh Peter James John his brother and bringeth them up into a high mountain apart my wife and my kids this week we spent spent five days at the base of a, a mountain on a river in a camper and uh, we had quite a time I'm going to tell you I think I gained weight you can probably see it in my cheeks here I don't know I, I ate so much food and homemade ice cream my lands you can tell I didn't eat much breakfast I had a bad bagel this morning I didn't eat all of it I'm hungry right now 
let's just have an altar call and go get something to eat. Uh, man, we had such an amazing time. Rafting down the river. I told Steve earlier, I said, man, refreshing. It was snow water we were swimming in. And uh, you know what? Kids never find cold water. You ever notice that? They just like to swim. But we had such an amazing time. And here they are in Scripture. Jesus takes them up into a high mountain apart and was transfigured before them. And his face did shine as the sun. Wow, isn't that something? Imagine seeing that. He transfigured. His face shined as the sun. His raiment was white as the light. And behold, there appeared unto them Moses and Elias or Elijah talking with him. Here Jesus is up high in the mountain. Moses is with him. Elijah is talking with him. And then answered Peter and said unto Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. Somebody shout, it is good for us to be here. I like to preach from this, this statement, it is good to be here. Would you lift your hands and ask God to move upon your spirit? Oh, Lord, we love you. Thank you, God, for your divine word and who you are. In Jesus' name we pray. We love you, God. We worship you, God. In Jesus' name we pray. God bless you. You may be seated. It's good to see the male family here today. So glad they're here. Would you give them a hand from Morgan County? And he's a minister. Would you stand, Brother Mel? He's a preacher of the gospel. Would you welcome him? We're so glad he and his wife and their beautiful family. There's seven children here today. We honor them. Mike, I was thinking about you this week while I was on vacation. I'm so glad to have Jesse and Jenna, your daughters, with us today. Would you welcome them back with us today? So glad they're here. Amazing family. On Wednesday of this past week, I happened to go golfing. Golfing, you know, I need to go golfing. You know that. Mike, Mike is a professional. And, uh, you know, I remember the first time I golfed and took my wife with me. You know what she said? When I told her, told her my score, she laughed. <laughs> she laughed because my score was so high. You know, in golf, you're supposed to have a lower score, you know. Anyhow, I didn't golf the best I've ever golfed, but I golfed. It was an out. Apple Mountain is called golf course, a top 25 golf course in the nation. While I'm there, these pine trees are about 200 feet in the air. and Y'all don't care about anything. You didn't come to hear that today, did you? You didn't come to hear about mountain scenery. but Pine trees, massive pine trees, and beautiful layout. I felt like I was golfing in West Virginia, hitting from one mountaintop to the other. That's what it felt like. Down, up, and down the valleys. And I don't know what it looked like where Jesus was. But it does say that he took them high up in the mountain. And where I was, in the far distance, I could see the snow-capped mountains of the Sierra Mountains. I don't know what it's like. I don't know what the temperature was like there. I don't know if there were some running brooks. I don't, I, don't, I don't know what it would have been like. But what I do know is that he took them and they were set apart there. You see, when God's getting ready to do something in your life to reveal greater things in your life. He always sets you apart. Last week I talked about really loneliness and what it's like to be alone. How many of you have ever felt alone? Have you ever had the emotion of loneliness? What you got to understand is when God's drawing you to a place with Him, when He's calling you to prayer, a call to prayer and loneliness are the exact same emotion. 
Sometimes when you feel lonely, it's a call to prayer where God is wanting to reveal himself to you, to speak to you. The Bible says that clearly, that he bringeth them up into a high mountain apart. Not just in a high mountain, but in a mountain apart. What does that mean? He separated them from everybody else. And when God's doing a new thing in you, sometimes he even separates you from friends and your peer group and your, your social. It's a whole new level of social distancing. Separating you from people that are in your circle, that, that maybe they're good people, but he has to pull you away from them so you can hear his voice. Paul would have never written all the epistles that we have, the nearly 16 books of the New Testament, if he had not been imprisoned because sometimes socialization hinders the voice of God in our life. And how many has ever noticed that? Set apart, set apart to get close to him. And this is one of those moments. And if you can just be Simon Peter for a moment, and if you will walk in this narrative with me, Simon is walking with Jesus and his fishing buddies, their partners, the Bible calls them, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who also walked away from their father's fishing business to, to follow Jesus. And, and when he had done a great miracle, they went with them, Simon Peter and James and John, which were, were his three closest disciples. And, and it is on this day that Jesus takes them apart from the other from the other nine and from the 70 others that followed the Lord as well. And, and he's like, I want to go show you something. Come with me. And I don't know if it was early in the morning, but they slipped away from the nine disciples and the crowd and the multitude. And they, they make their journey up into a mountain. And when they get up there, this long journey into a high mountain and are set apart, it's like a deep sleep comes over them. And somewhere in the moment of that rest, it's hard for us to rest. We're in the busyness of the same cycle. Sometimes God has to break protocol to get you to rest. Isn't that true? How I many know you can sleep and not rest? You can sleep 10, 12 hours. I know people that can sleep 10, 12 hours and they're still tired because there's a difference between sleeping and resting. But the Lord takes them up into this high mountain and Simon Peter following him up there and he, I'm sure there's some nice scenery in the mountains, maybe a few animals there. I don't know, but when he gets up there, there's a rest that comes up on him. And somewhere in that rest, he looks up, and Jesus' face shines as the sun. The Bible says that his face was transfigured, his body. His raiment was like a bright white light. It was bright white. And he looks, and with him is none other but Moses and the other Elijah, what would be considered the greatest prophet. I don't know about you, but you know, when you're sitting there and from the moment you were, you were this tall, run up here, Finn. Come up here with Daddy for a minute. I was praying over you a while ago, wasn't I? That song, I was praying over you, upon my sons and my daughters. Hey Amen, I want the blessing on them. But from the moment that Simon Peter was little, he'd heard the story about Moses and and how Moses went up into a mountain and up in that mountain he was there he only had he, he didn't even have food for 40 days it sounds terrible doesn't it sound, sound terrible to you no food for 40 I am hungry aren't I I'm hungry he's up there for 40 days and no food but the Lord sustained him and while he's there he's there in the presence of God and when he's there the Lord 
with his own finger writes down on the table of stone and gives him the law. And from the time he was this age, he heard how when Moses came out of the mountain, his face did shine and it scared the people. How many know they had to put a veil over his face because he had been in the glory of God. Amen. Ben, sit over there, Daddy, sit for a minute, will you? He had been in the glory of God. And all of his life, Simon Peter had heard about this experience of Moses alone in the mountain and how he come out of the mountain and his face did shine. Hearing stories about the prophet Elijah. I mean, you, you read, you read the Torah, you read the Old Testament, the powerful stories of Elijah that could stop it from raining for three and a half years when he'd point his hand. After three and a half years, he could call the rain back down. And how He went up into the mountain and God spoke to him was in the cave and said, Elijah, what are you doing here? Get out, get out of this place. And He wrapped out and, and God had came to speak to him in a still small voice, the thunder and the lightning. And, and, and when he gets out of there, he wraps his head in the mantle. And there was this great history of the prophet Elijah and how he had been in the presence of God. My, 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 my. And now he's following Jesus on the top of a mountain and he opens his eyes and there's Moses. And there's the prophet Elijah. And now Jesus, his face did shine as the sun. And he makes this grand statement. He said, it is good for us to be here. It's when the Bible you've heard about all of your life comes to life that what he did for others, he's now doing in your presence. And what I'm preaching to you is faith is not some, some level of belief, just that the Bible was real in the day of its existence, but it's when you start believing that he is the same yesterday, today, and right now. He, he's the God. Jesus said, I am Alpha. He said, I am Omega, I'm the beginning and I am the ending, said the Lord, which is, which was, which is to come, the Almighty. Simon Peter is there and he's understanding this is real. There's nothing like this. What is it? It's the presence of God. And I'm gonna tell you, you can't drink enough booze or alcohol to make you feel the way God's presence will make you feel. You can't do enough drugs. You can't make enough money. You can't get enough promotions in the job. You can't go to a, a, great, a great place of vacation. You can't get there. There's one place that nothing compares to. It's in the presence of God. Can I preach to you in Psalm 1611, the psalmist wrote, in his presence is fullness of joy. And at his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. I come to preach to you the why this morning. The reason we are here is not to fulfill religious obligation or just Christianity. We are here to be in the presence of God. When we get into his presence, anything is possible. Cancers can disappear. The blinded eyes can be opened. Tumors can disappear. Diabetes can be healed. I come to tell you, he can set you free from fear, anxiety, depression. I come to tell you today, he can set you free from curses of years ago, from demonic oppression or demonic possession. He can set you free because in his presence, there's a liberty, there's freedom, there's power, and there's joy. Come on, there's nothing like the presence of God. Clap your hands and praise him. The presence of God. There is something that all of the fathers in the room need to know. Stand to your feet, let me preach to you for a minute. You can't buy them a nice enough car 
to truly impress them. You can't give them a big enough house to truly impact them. You can't take them on the nicest vacation to truly make the difference. Because what every child needs is not the presence you buy them, but your presence that is with them. It's the power of your presence. You taking time to be with them. Somebody said, well, quality time is is better than quantity time. Can I tell you that even quantity time is quality time with your presence. The impact of a father is not by how much money you make, what position that you're in. The impact of a father upon your children is that you are with them. Don't get so caught up in the what and the how and the when and the where of parenting or fatherhood and forget the why. You can become so busy saving up for a vacation, overtime to buy a car that outdoes the cousin's car. You, you can get so busy trying to add a room on the house and give them some level of independence that you're gone trying to give them things that really do not impact them. Because God made you a father to be present in their life, not just to give them presents for their life. It's the power of your presence. And what I'm preaching to you is they're not gonna just learn by what you tell them, they're gonna learn by your presence being with them. How you respond, what you do in circumstances, it's it's a learning process of you being with them. So here's the point. Don't get so busy in the how and the what and the when and the where that you forget the why you are put in their life. Sometimes fathers got to look at moments and say, you don't do it that way. That's not right. You need to straighten up. That's not how we do things. No, we're not going to quit because we didn't get it. We're not quitters. You got to get up and do this again. Fathers are confrontational, but fathers are instructional. Amen. Don't get so busy with your work that you forget about your why. So let's turn it to this. He said, how do we pray? Teach us to pray. He said, this is what you pray. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Oh, give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation. You can't lead them if you're not with them. Amen. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom and the glory and the power forever. Amen. How about this one? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I will fear no evil, for thou art. Somebody shout with me. I don't have to fear failure because the Lord is with me. So here's the why. We're here. I've told you the why about fatherhood but let me tell you the why that we are here in his presence it's that it's that we've come to get into the presence of God because what I cannot do on my own the Lord can do by his power amen for with God all things are possible with me I'm limited but with God there's no limitations and what we need to understand I didn't come to church to fulfill religious duty I'm here because if I can get in his presence he can heal my attitude he can heal this sick situation he can give me instruction for my family there's power oh clap your hands and praise him there's power in the presence of God you may be seated I have learned that God can do more in 10 seconds than I could do in 10 years. 
I've seen God fix situations that six, six sessions of counseling wouldn't do, but six seconds on the altar did do. Amen. I'm glad for medical staff. I appreciate them. I, I, I really do. I've, I've been a doctor more times than I can count. My kids more times than I can count. Thankful how they saved my, my, my wife's life and very critical moment, her blood transfusions and everything they did, their medical expertise. But there's moments that doctors can't fix it. Amen. A Bible says a woman spent all she had on many physicians, but she got worse. But there was somebody that told her, but if you can just touch Jesus, and that's who we are. Amen. I'm not against going to the doctor. I'll end up going again. I hope not, but maybe one of these days. But I'm going to tell you right now what I know is when everybody else has done what they can do and it won't work, I know a God that can work miracles. He can do what no man can do. Hey, when the doctor's done all they can do, I come to tell you there's still power in the name of Jesus. Don't clap your hands and shout hallelujah. Glory. And that's what we gotta learn is that when we come to the house of God, it's not to fulfill position and, and, and busy things. It's not just religious routine. But when we get here, we get here to understand that we are to be in his presence. Look at your neighbor and say, we need to get into the presence of God. I'll never forget the story I heard years ago. A lady had never been to church before. She'd, she'd, she'd never been to the, this church. It was a church in Michigan, excuse me, Missouri. And while she's there, God began to move. I'm not talking about emotion. I'm talking about a response that God begins to stir you. You see, when the Lord comes to the presence, his presence comes in the room, because you are his creation, your body begins to respond to its origin, which is him. How many believe God is our creator? Oh, amen. Somebody shout, he's my creator. That's why we call him father. He's our originator. When the father walks into the room, when he comes into the room, there is a response in your physical being. It fills him. When he comes in, his spirit comes in the room. All things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, John 1 says. And the life was the light of men. When the presence of the creator or the father comes in the room, you start responding to it. Such as feel hair stand up on the back of your neck. Goosebumps begin to run up and down your spine. Even, how many's ever said, Ooh. I was in college one time talking to a man of another religion. And I was talking to him and, and I was witnessing. He was from the Middle East and I was talking to him about God. And, and, I, I, and I asked him, I said, you ever felt God? He said, no. I said, I, I know you're devoted in your religion. I said, but have you ever heard the voice of God? He said, no. I said, have you ever seen a miracle? He said, no. Have you ever seen God do anything? No. It was just tradition of man. And I said, well, let me tell you what God did for me. I was born a cripple. And they took me to church one night and when they said the name of Jesus, my crippled feet straightened up. When I said that, I felt the Lord show up in my college just like that fast because we're two or three are gathered together in my name. He said, there I am in the midst of him. Midst of them, why? Everybody shout the name of the Lord is a strong tower that the righteous can run into and be safe. When you start talking about him, he always shows up. That's why he comes to church, because we're singing about him. 
We're testifying about him. We're talking about him. We're preaching about him, and he's here. And I'll never forget when I started talking about this miracle, I felt the Lord, I just felt God move upon me just like that. When I did, I looked at him, looked at his arm just like that. He said, whew, whew. He said, oh man, that gives me goosebumps. It wasn't the emotion of the story. It was the presence of the creator. Amen. Cindy and I one time, and I'll tell you a few stories here today, talking about his presence, miracles. What I'm talking about is, is supernatural things that happen walking with God. Cindy and, I, Cindy and I were on vacation years ago. I don't think Jillian was born yet. It was just Lakin and Sawyer. Yeah, it was just Lakin and Sawyer. And uh, we were coming back, and we were tired. And You ever been on coming back from vacation somewhere? You're so tired, you, you think, I can't, I can't drive another. Anybody ever been there? Yeah. And uh, when I was younger, I'd pull off the side of the road and go to sleep. I'm smarter than that now. Yeah. And uh, we pulled over and got some cheap hotel. And I remember going in there. And when I walked into that hotel room, it felt so dark. Didn't feel right. No peace. Troubled. I was troubled. I don't know what was going on there, but something wasn't right. And uh, how many's ever felt that way? How many's ever been in a situation you felt, man, something's not right? Yeah. And I got down, and uh, there was two double beds in the hotel room, and and I, I took my uh, Cindy took Lake and just Lake was I don't know approaching three, and Sawyer was just an infant, and uh, they were laying in the bed, and I got down beside my bed like this, Finn, and uh, I got just stay right there. I got down beside my bed, and and I was so troubled. I knew I couldn't sleep because something wasn't right. And I got down beside the bed, and I just quietly said this, an old song. I claim the blood Jesus shed on Calvary. Those precious blood stains were laid there just for me. In all my sin, my sickness, and my pain, when I need healing, I claim those precious blood stains. When I said that, I felt the atmosphere of the room go Peace came in the room instantly. Honey, am I telling the truth? And Lakin said, I heard her say, Mommy, do you see that angel standing there? She's just that tall. She said, That one looks like Daddy. That one looks like you. That one looks like me. Angels came in the room. I'm telling you, when you say the name of Jesus, heaven shows up. Come up here, Jillian. I feel like bragging on Jesus today. I remember being in that ambulance with you. And... Uh, you were in mommy's belly. Water had broken. We rushed that night to the hospital in Zanesville and got there. And they said, yes, you have myconium in the womb, Cindy. Your water has broken. This baby's on the We have to send you to OSU. This is, she was, Cindy was only 29 weeks pregnant. She said, we're going to send you to uh, OSU. I remember they put us in that big green ICU on wheels ambulance. Puts us in there, and I'm sitting up front, and 
going down the highway, and I remember when the nurse leaned up and said, you better get there, she's on the way. Boy, the lights came on, and he, he put the pedal down, headed to the, the Ohio State University. When we get there, they go in and they monitor your mother. They monitor her, and they go in there hooking her all up and trying to make sure you're okay in the womb. And I stepped out just for a minute because my parents were there. And when I walked out and went out there talking to them, and somebody called me, and they called and prophesied to me. Sister Vicki Oliver, she called. She said, the Lord spoke to me today to tell you, don't worry, she's going to be perfect. You see, God knows tomorrow before you ever step out of today. She said, you're going to be perfect. And, and uh, man, I stood back in the room. I'm talking about a word. You ever notice when God gives you a word, you're going to need it? Because I went, I thought, I'm going to go back. and been out here for a few minutes. I'm going to check on Cindy. Camille, when I stepped into that room where Cindy was, there was probably nine medical staff in there. And there, it was just a, a level of chaos. And I said, what's wrong? They said, Dad, you need to go out and sit down. We can't find a heartbeat. We're going to take her to do a, an emergency cesarean. I remember they gowned me up. You believe they gave me a hairnet? They gave me a hairnet. Oh, my lands. They gave me a hairnet. Put, gave me booties on, this blue outfit gown. And I'm sitting there. And the Lord spoke to me. And he said to me, what I allow, he said, I never leave. See, people and things, Christians go through things. They don't say, why did God do this for me? But they do say, why did he allow this to happen to me? Isn't that true? He said, but what I allow? He said, I never leave. They rolled Cindy past me into the ER. They said, we'll be back in just a minute. They came and got me. I went in there. Your mom was nervous. You remember how nervous? You probably, I don't even know if you remember. She was giving me her last words. She was scared. They were anesthesiologists was hooking her up. And, and I'm sitting there. Finally, they, they opened up the, the womb. And I remember they pulled you out like that. And, and uh, I said, how is he? They said, we don't know. Boy, I want to know everything. I was full of questions. When I was little, they called me little question mark. I'm asking the doctors everything. And somebody said, we have to ask them. And whatever they're, well, we don't know yet. We don't know. They sent you into the NIC unit. When you got in there, and I walked into that NIC unit, and, and all the monitors beeping and everything, and, man, you look so beautiful. Your, your skin, everything looked good. And I asked the doctor, I said, how? And the nurse practitioner, I said, how is she? They said, she's not good. She's not doing well. Her lungs aren't working. They're stuck. Man, you know what we do in moments like that? We step aside and we start calling on the name of Jesus. I'm telling you, he is our hope. When we don't know what to do, we know what to do, and that is call on the name of the Lord. Somebody shout Jesus. Somebody shout Jesus. We call on the name of Jesus. I want you to shout it one more time, Jesus. I just need a witness. Do you believe something happens when you call that name? Do you still believe it's a name above every name? I'm telling you, there's something happens when you say the name of Jesus. Something sweet when you say the name of Jesus. The song says, "Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. Amen. Somebody shout Jesus. When I said the name of Jesus, begin to pray. You may be seated. Around that time, I asked the nurse, I said, I said, well, she looks good and the monitor looks like it's okay. She said, well, we think the monitor's broke because there's no way your daughter can be doing what she's doing in the condition that she is. 
They have this thing called Apgar levels. And, and uh, her Apgar levels were pretty normal, but her lungs function was not good because of the myconium in her lungs. I don't know who I'm preaching to, but I feel like preaching to somebody. It's not too far gone yet. God can turn this thing around. I, I, they had already, Cindy, they had already come to the recovery room and they told you that she wasn't going to live, didn't they? They said she's not in good, good, good conditions. We just started praying. And I said, well, nurse, I said, I said, ma'am, I said, but she looks good. She said, I know. She said, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you. I've been here for I was 17 or 18 years. I can't remember. She said, I've been here, I think it was 18 years. And she said, she's a mystery. You believe Jesus is still confounding the doctors? He was at age 12 and he still is. Can you say amen? Look at two or three people and say, Jesus is still alive. Woo, I feel like preaching. I feel like somebody's going to get a miracle before you leave this room. That's what I feel. I feel like... You say, why are you preaching like this? I'm going to tell you why. Because I've been up in the mountain and I've seen some things and I've heard some things that might not be logical, but amen, it's certainly biblical. I don't care how far gone your situation is. You can say Jesus and he's, he can make a way where there is no way. He can give a miracle where it seems like there's nothing but opposition. Somebody needs to stand up and say Jesus. Come on. If you need a miracle, shout Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And she said, we think the monitor's broken. It was about the same time that, that the nurse, a nurse had checked out at, at 11 o'clock or so. And she went out. She said, are you grandmother Bounds? And Chris, she said, are you grandmother Bounds? She said, yes. She said, I can't talk to you like this when I'm clocked in. She said, but I'm clocked out. She said, I'm a believer. She said, baby, are your baby uh, Bounds is grandma? She said, yeah. She said, you folks praying people? That's what she said to my mom. My mom said, we sure are. She said, I just want you to know that baby was in such critical condition. She said, I had to walk out. She actually said she went to the restroom and found a quiet spot. She said, I began to pray. She said, but when I bent my knee and said, Jesus, she said, I already felt that somebody else had already been praying. Do you believe that? I'm telling you, this is real. There's power in prayer. There's power in prayer. Come on. If there's no God, we're wasting our time here today. He's bound to his word. Titus said it's impossible for God to lie. I'm telling you this is real. And I believe there's some things in life that God sets you apart so he can show you his power. Oh, yes. And, and she said to my, mo my mother, she said, well, I'm just going to tell you that that baby is a medical miracle. So she's got the entire medical team astounded because they don't understand how she's doing what she's doing. I was standing there. I hardly left your side for days. Every time they let me be in there, you can ask your mom, I was in there with you, holding that little tiny, tiny hand and playing with your little toes at just about the size of a small Lego. You know, when you have kids with Legos and you walk on a barefoot in the middle of the night, you can't get Legos out of your head. I'm just going to tell you. Any dads know what I'm talking about? Hey, and I was there when the nurse practitioner was standing there and she said the monitor had to be broke because no way you're going to be doing as good as you could be doing. I was there when the respiratory therapist opened the door, stuck her head in, and she called out the nurse practitioner's name. She said, I just want to tell you, she said, that monitor's not broke. She's improving. You know what I said? Woo! She's going to be perfect. The prophetess says she's going to be perfect. The prayer warrior says she's going to be perfect. Come on, some of you got some dire situation. You need to stand on his word and say, it's going to be all right. I just believe God's going to make it all right. 
every day. She was in the NIC unit for 29 days, and they, it was amazing what they can do medically. But I was standing by your bedside, and they gave a report that was every day was questionable on some things. And I was standing by your bedside, and you were laying in the incubator, and I was praying one day, and I was praying. I was praying a song as I do. I'm just, it's who I am. And I was praying, I said, I feel the touch of hands so kind and tender leading me through paths that I must trod. I'll have no fear. Now I was singing real quiet. I'm in the hospital room. For Jesus walks beside me for I'm sheltered in the arms of God. So let the storms rage high. <laughs> let the dark clouds rise. They won't worry me, for I'm sheltered safe within the arms of God. He walks with me, and none of earth can harm me. Somebody say amen. For I'm sheltered in the arms of God. When I said that, I opened my eyes, and I stand before God when I say this. There was an angel between me and you. And I watched the angel never seen one before, I've never seen one since but I watched an angel stick its hands in that incubator and lift just like this into your body and I knew God was healing my situation it was in a bright white gown, it sure was it was much taller than I was but it put its hands into your body and I knew God was going to heal you before I could tell a doctor, there's nobody else in that room, just some other little babies. When I walked out of that NIC unit, my phone rang. Gene Tehi, I think he was here. Is he here in this service or the last one? He might have been at 830. Gene Tehi called me and he said, Pastor, he pray in this church every day, five, five, five or six o'clock from Monday through Friday for years. He called me and said, Pastor, the Lord told me to call you. He said, I was praying this morning and God showed me a vision of your little baby girl. I said, what was it, Brother Gene? He said, I saw a group of angels while I was praying in that Nick unit with, with your little girl. He said, one of the angels stepped away from the group of angels and walked over to the incubator and put its hands inside that incubator, lifted it into her body and pulled out something black. It was the infection inside of her. He said, to tell you that she's gonna be all right. And I said, Brother Gene, I saw it with my own eyes. Come on, if we believe in God, we believe in angels. I feel like telling somebody he's gonna wake away. Just he's looking for somebody to call upon him. I wish everybody in the building would stand to your feet and say Jesus come on I don't care how bad the situation is Jesus somebody shout Jesus and Jillian you're here today you're here today yes because of some good medical people but you're here today because God touched your situation even the medical staff told me she is a miracle somebody shout there's a miracle I'll never forget your son, Kevin, when you asked me to go pray for him in the rest home. Do you remember that? I don't remember how old he was, but he was dying of liver disease. Let me just preach about Jesus for a minute. You all right out there? Hey Amen. You got dinner cooking right now? You might burn the green beans, you know. I keep on preaching. Remember that? Met you on Easter about five years ago. You said, hey, my, my son's not well. Would you go pray for him? I went to pray for Kevin. Walked in that rest home where he was. Went in there. When I got in, I began to talk to him. And his eyes were yellow. His skin was yellow. 
dying of liver disease. Very, very severe case. He said, uh, I said, well, tell me what's going on. He said, they've given me six months to live. I said, well, I'm, I came to pray for you. What would you like God to do? He said, he said my grandbaby, my first grandbaby is going to be born in six months. Will you pray that God let me live long enough to see that baby and hold the baby? Man, I went to pray, and I just felt something come over me. I said, Kevin, I said, I, said, I just feel like you need to pray and ask God to forgive you sins. He's done it. He said, no. I said, let's do that. Man, he was laying in his bed, very, very sick. As he's praying, he starts repenting. God, I'm sorry for my sins. I, I want to be right with you. I'm sorry for the things I've done. And I watched him pray, and tears, tears run into his ears, just like that, laying in his bed. We got to seek God. And I said, Kevin, I feel like you need to be baptized in Jesus' name. You know, that's the only way to baptize. They submerge in the name of Jesus. And uh, we arranged it, and Ron, Ron and Brandon, y'all went and picked him up, brought him to church. I have a picture. He, we baptized him here, and they were taking about five liters of fluid off of him every time because his liver wasn't working. We baptized him in Jesus' name. I got a picture standing out there. His face was still yellow, eyes still yellow. I checked on him like a, a week or so later. I said, how's Kevin on? They said, he's better. They only took, had to take half the amount of fluid this time. The next time they came to drain fluid, it was half that amount. The next time was half that amount. And before six months, they had sent him home and said, there's nothing wrong with your liver. It's been about five years, four or five years. It's, it's been three years, he said. Three years. They brought him back in. They said, we got to study you because there's nothing wrong with your liver. we got to see what's happened. They studied him when they came back in because liver disease, like what he had, it doesn't get better. When they came in and they studied him, the doctor came in. He said, you're the only third miracle that I've ever seen. I saw a tumor disappear out of somebody's brain one time. Couldn't explain it. I can't remember the second one. He said, but your liver, there is no evidence. There's nothing wrong with your liver. Listen, it's one thing to believe in God, but there's a moment with him that you start seeing him in action and that what Jesus was showing Simon Peter, James, and John is what he did for Moses, he can still do. What he did for the prophet Elijah, he can still do. And God's about to baptize us with miracles. I'm telling you, you'll lay hands on the blinded eyes and they'll open. The greatest revival. Come on, everybody get your feet. I'm done. But the greatest revival you've ever seen is about to take place. Come on, Brother Derek, come and help me today. Somebody shout miracles, signs, and wonders. But they only come, Brother Nehemiah, when you allow God to set you apart and walk up into a mountain with him. I'm not talking about Sierra Mountains. I'm not talking about Rocky Mountains. I'm not talking about the Appalachians. I'm talking about a place alone with God. Do you believe God can work miracles? I feel like Jeremiah. His arm is not short that he cannot reach. His eyes not dim that he cannot see. His ear is not dull that he cannot hear. God is able to do anything. Now here's the word to this church. Be very careful that you get to a place that all you can see is other people in the church. Because, you know what, I mean, there might be a moment that I preach too loud. And maybe every now and then we miss a beat and hit the wrong key and, and all that because we're people. There might be a moment that I make a bad decision. I'm trying my best, but somebody shout, we are people. Moses wasn't perfect. 
Elijah wasn't perfect. Simon Peter, look at him. He denied the Lord. But it's still the church. We're not here because of perfection of the goodness of people. We're here because he's always good. Somebody shout, he's always good. And if the sermon isn't perfect, I'm not here just to hear a perfect sermon. I'm here because I want to be in his presence. If the song is not my favorite, if it's an old one and I like new ones, I'm here to be in his presence. And if it's a new one and I only like old ones, who cares? I come to be in his presence. I just want to be where he is. Somebody shout amen. The presence of God matters. I want everybody to say it's good to be here. If you're not careful, you'll get just used to the formality of Christianity. Sing the songs and not be moved. How many have ever done that? Take you 30 minutes. Your mind's on your job. Your mind's on the past week. Your mind's on the green beans that you left on the stove. Oh, pastor, you better hurry up. Father's Day. It's Father's Day. I've got a roast in the oven. Got reservations. I understand that. I'm, I'm trying to be mindful, but I'm trying to obey God. I really do feel that there's some miracles in this place. But they cannot be released until thankfulness comes over your heart. Not I had to be here, Simon Peter said. What did he say? It is what? Good. And the Lord turned around to Simon and this is what he said, Brother Nehemiah. He said, tell no man until the resurrection. Don't tell anybody. Because what I did today wasn't for anybody else right now. It's for you. It's for you. They held a secret until his resurrection to talk about they saw the glory of God. The Lord's going to visit us in this church in a mighty way. How many believe that? In Luke 9, in Luke 9 and 38, excuse me, Luke 10, and 38, then get that verse for me. It says, Now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. She had a sister called Mary, everybody say Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. Jillian, come here, baby. Brother Nehemiah, you're going to be Jesus for a minute. Would you go sit at his, just, just sit where you're comfortable? Can you, can you do that? She's just comfortably sitting there. And uh, come here and help me. Come here, Martha. Oh, Jesus is in the house. I gotta make sure everything's dusted. Oh, go, go, go dust. Go make sure it's dusted. The master's in the house. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, make sure there's tissues in the boxes because we might be crying later. Oh, hey, Martha, Martha, Martha. There's some stuff right there. No, 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 no. You got that. Go, go over there and clean. Yeah. Oh, you got to get it all because Jesus is in the house. We, everything's got to be clean. Got to be busy. Got to be busy. Hey, there's the dishes are dirty. <laughs> you got to clean the dishes. Gotta clean the dishes. And she looks over while she's working and she says, and she had a sister called Mary, which also sat working she's sitting at Jesus feet and heard his word 
But Martha was coming about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she's helped me. Watch this, are you ready? Tell Mary to stop praying and come over here and help me get these dishes clean. Lord, it bothers me that I'm over here working and busy and she's not doing anything. Watch what the Lord says. He answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha. Look at your neighbor and say, Martha, Martha. I was trying to get Finn's attention. I said, Finn, Finn. He didn't hear me. I said, Finn and Aaron. Boy, I thought, man, I sound like my mom. Middle name. He didn't say Martha. He said, Martha, Martha. Martha, Martha. He said, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful. One thing. One thing is needful. And Mary hath chosen that good part. Everybody say the good part. She's just glad to be here. Everybody say it's good to be here. When you get lost in busyness, church becomes an obligation. But if you ever learn to sit at the feet of the master, he said the good part which shall not be taken away from her. He said, I'm not going to make her get up because this is why I'm here. Can I tell you? We're not in this for positions, for church busyness. When we come to the house of God, we've come to sit at the feet of Jesus and to feel his presence. How many know what I'm talking about? We've come to glean from the master. I want you to lift your hands and say, I want the good part. I don't want to miss the good part. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's delivering power in this room, but God's waiting on you to get grateful. I'm not here for any other reason but to touch him. I need a miracle from God. Lord, what you did for others, I know you can do for me. Hallelujah. Somebody say in Jesus' name. My grandmother would say in church, she would get up and sing in a falsetto, soprano voice, shackled by heavy burden. Neath the load of guilt and shame But then the hand of Jesus touched me And now I am no longer the same Somebody say, he touched me I feel like somebody here needs a miracle today Somebody shout, he touched me Every head bowed and every eye closed Oh God on this Father's Day message. I've come to preach to them what you've given to me. Don't want to ever lose the simple principle. It's just good to be here. Just good to be in your presence. Just privileged to have you leading my life. You saved me, you washed me in your blood and you filled me with your spirit. Oh God. I don't want to ever leave your presence. I don't want to ever take for granted your presence. You've been good to me. Come on, I want everybody to begin to pray. Lord Jesus, in Jesus' name, I pray that you would move over our soul. Let there come peace where there's been worry. Let there come joy where there's been sorrow. Would you begin to reach out to the Lord today? 
in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. There's a miracle in this room. There's the living power in this room. Every head bowed and every eye closed. They're getting ready to sing a song. But if you're here today, you say, I need a touch of God. Maybe you've been numb emotionally, but you need a touch of God. Would you raise your hand? Hallelujah. So many hands are being raised. The Lord's going to minister to you. The presence of the Lord is going to fall in this room right now. Just take a moment, begin to pray right where you are. Go ahead and sing. Let's worship together. Almighty Savior, you never fail. You hold all power. There's never a challenge or a need to Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.